Hey everybody, welcome to episode 13 of the Average Investors Podcast. I'm your host Ace, and we are now into June. The sun is shining, at least here in Toronto. We are now finally easing up some of the restrictions here, and hopefully where you are, things are getting better. I know this past year and few months has been tough, but we are finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I hope where you are, things are starting to look better, or hopefully are better. Now, let's get into today's episode. I want to start off by talking a bit about loans. Loans come in many different forms and from many different lenders. From credit cards to unsecured loans, car loans, student loans, mortgages, and so on. Now, have you ever wondered how mortgages and most loans are calculated and how they determine the terms for the loan? Well, it differs quite a bit. For starters, many of you are probably familiar with credit cards and student loans. Well, these are actually the first loan that most adults will ever get. They are also one of the highest interest loans that someone can have. Well, before we dig into the different loan products, let's talk about one key indicator that changes based off of an individual's credit worthiness, and that is an individual's credit score. Now the credit score is a numerical value calculated off of a person's credit history by looking at their credit report. The credit report will show any delinquencies, current loans, past loans, and is sort of a timeline of the individual's loan history. Now let's jump into the first type of loan, which is student loans. Student loans, for example, can differ from country to country, but will roughly have a variable interest rate from 3% to 7%. They also have one requirement, being that the individual attends an accredited institution so that they can qualify for the loan. These loans are usually big loans, where over time the amount of interest can really add up. Student loans are also a bit different compared to other loans, because they can be with you for your entire life unless you pay them off. Even if you declare bankruptcy, they won't go away. And this is currently a big problem in the US. It's also why you should make sure you know what you're getting into before taking a student loan. Make sure to check out whether the program that you're going to be doing will actually be able to earn an income to be able to pay that loan off. Also, try to find ways to get grants or scholarships. It'll help out greatly and it's just free money at the end of the day. The next are credit cards. Now, these can differ from one issuer to another. For example, some might have tighter restrictions for being able to qualify, such as a minimum income or minimum spend. They also will check your credit score to see if the individual qualifies for the credit card and also the amount. Credit cards are also a great tool for building up your credit score. And as an individual shows they are capable of maintaining good standing, they will qualify for higher limits. Credit cards are a great tool for building a good credit history and are always the starting point for all of us. But they can also put you in a hole quite fast. Credit cards have some of the highest interest rates for any type of loan, ranging from 15% to 20%. Usually, individuals with credit cards will pay their bills in full, so they do not have any interest accruing. But sometimes individuals might not be able to do this and will start having a trailing balance. This is what starts a cycle where some individuals will spend faster 
then they can actually pay it down, only leading to more and more interest. Eventually, they will start to miss payments or max out the card. As they start to miss more, they will tarnish their credit history and the rate will actually start to go up and fees will start getting added on. Eventually, when the credit card company gives up on collecting the debt, they will auction it off to a collection agency. This will greatly tarnish the individual's credit history and be on the individual's credit report whenever they apply for a loan. Now, credit cards are a great way for you to start building up your credit history so that you can qualify for mortgages, car loans, and other types of loans. But you have to be careful not to start accruing interest. Your goal should always be to pay it down in full and watch your spending. You have to treat it like it's cash coming out of your pocket right away. Because as soon as the bill comes, you will have to pay that bill. The next type of loan are unsecured loans, such as bank line of credit. Now, an unsecured loan is a loan that is not backed against any asset. For example, imagine if I let you borrow my basketball, and in return, I won't borrow anything back. Now, I just expect my basketball back at the end of our agreed upon term. This is an unsecured loan. A loan where I don't give you anything in exchange. If I were to default on my loan though, and cannot pay it back, you would have lost that basketball. Well, sorry, I would have lost that basketball. These loans usually require a good standing credit history and are typically larger than credit card loan limits. They also have the benefit of having low interest rates and they're usually around 3 to 10%. But it depends where you are and which lender you go with. Lower interest rates will usually be given by big banks, but other lenders will sometimes charge more. Now, defaulting on these loans will again take a hit on your credit history. It's always good to use these as a backup. Although, if you are ever in a situation where you need to spend money that you don't have, such as on a big repair bill for your car, I suggest going to your line of credit or getting a line of credit over using a credit card. The next type of loans are car loans. These are a bit different compared to what we've talked about so far. Car loans look at an individual's income and liability. They are also secured against the vehicle being purchased. So in case the individual defaults on the loan, the vehicle will be seized in certain circumstances. And it will affect the individual's credit score. When calculating if an individual qualifies for a car loan, they use a few key details. They will get the individual's income. They will pull all the liabilities through the individual's credit report. And they will also have a decision based on the debt to income, loan to value, and a few other ratios, which will give the individual their qualified loan amount, which is an amount the individual can afford. All this isn't done by the dealership, but rather it is sent to one or more lenders that might have different rates. These type of loans can also have a co-applicant that helps the applicant applying for the loan who might not qualify based on their own merits and credentials. The interest rate can vary anywhere from 0% to 10%. I always recommend going used when it comes to buying a car though or getting a vehicle at 0% or near 0% financing. 
Now, there's a few dealerships that do this, so always look around and make the best decision because sometimes even buying a used car, you might end up paying more over the term than you would for a uh, new car. Now, the next type of loan that we're going to talk about are mortgage loans. Now, before I kick that one off, I want to let you guys know a little bit about the ratios that I may have mentioned, which is DTI, LTV, and QLA. Well, DTI, for example, is debt to income ratio. Now, all of these ratios are usually used when you're talking about a lot of loans, but they really are specific for uh, mortgage loans. Now, DTI, debt to income, is where they take all your debts and then they compare them to your income. And then they have a ratio that they will use to determine whether you can qualify for any more um, amount of money on a loan that you might have or whether you can even qualify for a new loan. Now, the next one is LTV, which is called loan to value ratio. This is where they take a loan and they compare it to the asset that you're trying to loan against. For example, let's say a car. Now, let's say you're trying to borrow about $10,000 for a car, but the bank determines it to be only worth about $8,000. They're not going to typically loan out any money for that. Now, let's say if that car is now, instead, you're buying a car that's worth $20,000 and you need $10,000. Well, that's more looking, that's looking more or less like a loan that they're willing to give out. This is usually, well, LTV especially, is usually used when you're talking about real estate because that's where the um, the bank or the uh, issuer of that loan is really seeing if that property is worth loaning out for. And they do this because if ever the individual defaults, they will need to recoup their losses. Now, the last one, is QLA, which is Qualified Loan Amount. After taking into account all your liabilities and all the um, payments that you have to make and your income, they're going to determine at the end a Qualified Loan Amount, which is the maximum amount that you're qualified for. Now, let's get started with mortgages. Now, mortgage loans are quite complex and they do share some similarities with car loans. But compared to any other type of loan, they are perhaps one of the most complex ones. Now, mortgages usually require a certain amount of down payment on their property that you're purchasing. For example, here in uh, Ontario, and I think this is true throughout all of Canada, but you're required to put up at least 20% down payment of the property that you're purchasing. Now, if you don't do this, you are liable for getting mortgage insurance. You are required, sorry. Now, what mortgage insurance is, is in case you are not able to pay the mortgage payments, um, the loan, uh, sorry, the insurance will cover it, but the insurance is quite pricey and can really add on to your monthly bill. Now, mortgages are calculated using the property that is being purchased minus the down payment. The mortgage is then given based off of the individual's credit score, income, liabilities, and a credit report which is pulled to show any student loans, credit card balances, car loans, and any other outstanding loans the individual has. They also look at any dependents, such as kids, because that is also considered an expense. They will then calculate if the property is going to be a rental, 
the rental income, the property taxes, the bills, and then factor in the individual if the individual will have enough money to make all the payments for all of these different types of facilities. In certain regions, there is also a threshold where the individual is tested at a higher interest rate than the one that is currently going on at the time. This is in case rates rise and to see if the individual will still be able to make the payments based off of their current income and debts. This is really just to project in the future if the individual will still be good for it. If not, the individual can add a co-applicant if they're having any trouble in uh, getting the mortgage loan approved. The, the individual's co-applicant will also have to go through the same type of screening process that the uh, applicant has had, such as looking at the um, loans, the debts, uh, the income, and everything. The issuer of the mortgage will also take tax information and statements to prove that the individual's income is what they say it is. The banks didn't have as many uh, thorough checks though before back in um, 2008 and earlier. They have been slowly ramping up these checks and pushing more and more towards making it harder to get a mortgage. Now they're doing this because back in 2008 there was that big mortgage crisis where a lot of people were getting mortgages that they couldn't really afford. Now all these loans have many advantages but it's about using them correctly. You want to make sure that you're not paying any interest on credit cards but instead benefiting from the rewards while also building your credit history. You can use car loans to help get a car but again be aware of the interest because sometimes a new car with 0% might cost less over the long term than a year old one which is financing for 4-5%. to Another point is that you can use the loan to finance big purchases with low interest rates and instead use the money you would have spent to buy that car or house and instead invest it in a good index fund that has about 8-10% to returns a year which might actually help the car cost even less when you factor in the returns that you're making. Now mortgages can also help you get a rental property which you can help invest using the bank's money. And this can really help start off that journey to having a nice rental property syndicate. Now my goal of this episode was to teach you about these loans, the requirements, the possible risks, and a rough idea of the interest rate that you could be paying. It will also help you understand how you can take advantage of these loans while also mitigating any risk, such as using a credit card to make purchases so you can collect those rewards, or using a uh, mortgage to help fund a cash flow positive property. It's all about using these types of loans to your own benefit while mitigating those risks. So make sure that not to be greedy and make the most of your money. Now, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Send any questions you may have to outlook.com. I'm going to make sure to do these types of lessons every now and then on learning about different types of financial products and different products that banks may offer that you can possibly use to your own advantage. Please make sure to also give a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. Now, thank you guys so much and take care, everybody.